Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Aaron of the Aaron Meta Show. It is the 10th of June of 2019. Thank you very much for checking out the show. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. On uh, Twitter, it's at uh, Aaron Meta Show. Same for Instagram as well. Uh, AaronMeta.tumblr.com. And also, you can find me on iTunes, Player FM, Stitcher, and all the podcast places. And I will announce them all at the very end of the show. So, um, for those of you who do not know, um, I've not got Patricia with me this week, and uh, this is partly my fault because uh, I went out on the weekend with a bunch of friends, and uh, I just want to say a shout-out to them as well. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, my voice, and uh, though I actually have... Uh, uh, my voice is a lot better than it was, i uh, say, yesterday when I would have recorded the show. Uh, still a bit on, on the side, so uh, not great, but... Uh, Hopefully, I'm going to uh, make it way, my way through this show solo. And so the reason why I'm doing this show solo is because uh, Patricia, unfortunately, this evening uh, started to do something else. And so I had to uh, be called away on uh, a other business. And so um, she will be appearing uh, next week to help me out with uh, all the ongoings of E3. And uh, yeah, you guys, excuse me, my throat is still... Uh, I thought actually I was going to be okay. And uh, my throat's actually still bothering me a little bit. So we have to uh, forgive me in that regard. But uh, anyway, we're not going to uh, do a massive show this week. <coughs> as you can see, um, I'm going to talk about a couple of things. Um, I got a um, interesting article about uh, autistic people and uh, anti-vaccination. I'll tell you more about that. Um, Stephen Crowder getting demonetized on YouTube. I'm going to tell you all about that as well. And uh, hey, Arnold, uh, staff knew that Mr. Simmons was gay, but weren't supposed to be open about it. So let's uh, uh, maybe a little uh, subjects for uh, it for being Pride Month. Uh, Justin Bieber has challenged Tom Cruise to a fight. I'm going to tell you why I don't care. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants TV uh, sequel is being ordered by Nickelodeon, despite the fact that there's not wishes of uh, Steven Hinnerberg not wanting it to happen. And Frozen 2 to wrap it off. So uh, we've got plenty to talk about here on the Aaron Messer Show. So, uh, yeah, here we go. So, um, autistic people say that uh, anti-vax misinformation is only making matters worse uh, for them. And I've got to be honest with you, right off the bat, I have to say I agree with them. Because, um, you know, here's the thing about the anti-vaccination movement. Like, their biggest hang-up, okay, is the fact that when you get the vaccinations, that uh, they say that the argument for not getting vaccinations is because they're worried that it's damaging their children. And uh, the biggest damage, they apparently say, is autism. Now... I can't speak for those who are on the severe side of the autistic spectrum, and uh, I can only speak for those who are high-functioning like myself. And so, you know, in this regard, you know, of course, this language is massively offensive for people um, who function really well in society, who have no, you know, have 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 issues, but can work around them and can work to their strengths. And I think the idea that, uh, you know, these anti-vax people see autist all these autistic people as damaged children and it's potentially to be damaged adults, I think is ridiculous. I think. So, um, and also as well, you know, we've known this, for, this has been debunked so many times. Like, scientists have looked at this, um, neurologists, neurologists have looked at this, you know, this has been looked at, you know, every, pretty much, I would say once every five years. I think what we're looking at right now, and yet these these dumb motherfuckers will not just accept the fact that this has been debunked massively, and to the point now where they're just spreading this misinformation on social media, hoping to get uh, all these ridiculous people following them and uh, making themselves look big. And I guarantee you, I bet most of them, you know, are bot farms. I think that's. Uh, who, and just to make themselves look huge. I mean, that's just my opinion on it anyway. I, I really find it very hard to believe that so many people are, are, are caught up in all of this, that uh, this is actually some kind of mainstream view, because it's not. You know, the the, the vast majority of people, and uh, there's actually been studies on this as well, and uh, surveys done on this as well, you know, 98 to 98 to 99% of people, uh, according to a Guardian poll a couple of years ago, uh, rec recognize autism now as being a thing. They know what autism is. And they, they know, they're fairly educated on the subject. But unfortunately, there is probably that two, that 1.52% that of people who just want to live in sheer ignorance and treat autistic people with contempt. And so, 
I'm looking at BuzzFeed News right now, and uh, I know some people say look at BuzzFeed News and uh, they kind of like roll their eyes on this, but, you know, for every, you know, oh, here's this, um, you know, plant parts collection that's going to make your head explode, for every, you know, oh, here's uh, 10 cute dogs that are going to make you jump backwards, and uh, for every one of those really, like, really rancid, um, really meaningless articles, at least BuzzFeed brings out something, you know, uh, does some actually good, some good journalism. And this is one of these, one of those times. So, um, anti-vaccine misinformation fueling this year record-breaking measles outbreak and raising public health awareness alarms across the country is making life harder for autistic kids, adults, feeding fears about disability and promoting dangerous fake cures, quote-unquote. Uh, despite the public health uh, officials repeatedly assuring parents that vaccines are safe, anti-vaxxers pushing the myth that a vaccine injury, quote-unquote, can cause autism has created more stigma autistic adults and advocates and advocates have told BuzzFeed News. Uh, for autistic people, the claims which have been repeatedly debunked uh, continue to be a source of frustration for people spreading vaccine misinformation, play on fears and prejudices, and often calling autistic children damaged. Uh, according to Zoo Gross, Operations Director for the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network, she says it reinforces the belief that an autistic person begins as a neurotypical, neurotypical person, and there, there's a way that's of them getting back to that state. Uh, it's difficult to get people to calm down about autism when this stuff is out there. The US is on track records for more than 1,000 cases of measles this year. The most of in twenty seven most in twenty seven years and more than any year since the disease was considered officially eliminated. Before vaccination was common, the Center of Disease Control estimates that five hundred people a year died from measles and thousands more required hospital care. Just think about this for a second. This was a disease at one point that was you know close to being wiped out, and now because of these. Stupid idiots who go on the internet and spread all these falsehoods and all this hate towards autistic people. Now, all of a sudden, this is taking hold in some communities, and now we've got more, like a thousand cases a year, right now in the United States. And some here, also here in the UK. I don't isolate the UK in any of this, but... So, vaccines are safe and they do not cause autism. The great danger is that the disease that vaccination prevents... That was uh, what CDC Director Robert Redfield, MD, tweeted last week. And, you know, I feel like, um, you know, I would definitely tell everyone to read this article because, I mean, I mean for most people here who watch, listen to this show, many people are autistic. Uh, we uh, bo- boast a very, you know, boast a very strong numbers of autistic people here on this show. And, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, we come across these articles for me, is just, it's crazy. Absolutely insane. You know, have these anti-vaxxer people actually ever met an autistic person? Do they actually know who, what autism is? Do they even know, um, have they even, even talked to someone like myself? Or talked to anybody of that matter who, you know, have succeeded in, you know, in life as an autistic person? You know, there's actually a very fascinating thing. A couple of years ago, I went to a European autism convention, and they right now are fast. They, you know, I had these all these experts, kind of you know, experts, you know, coming to me and saying, you know, we're fascinated with the fact that autistic people, you know, are managed to, you know, uh, do really well in society. At least some of them, and you know, they're getting married now and they're having their own children. And you know, if you, you, you that's the great thing. If you play autistic people to their strengths, they're going to do wonders in society. And I think that's what people, sh- that's what we should be doing. You know, we, we should be playing, you know, this is what society should be doing. This is what, you know, government should be doing, I think. I think they should be encouraging um, autistic people to uh, make, you know, areas autism friendly. Uh, to um, allow us to take, uh, you know, allow autistic people to reach their full potential and uh, work wonders with, you know, in their jobs in society, in in all walks of life. And the fact that we don't do that, I think, is the reason why we hold back in many in, in many ways. And I think uh, this is what the government should be doing. They should be supporting autistic people like us. I can't see an argument why we shouldn't do that. But apparently all these anti-vaxxer people, uh, when they have the ears in, like, the, uh, the you know, in, in front of all these crazies, 
and cut up all it curls up all this stir for absolutely no reason. There's absolutely no reason for these uh, people to do this at all. The science, no, the, the, the pseudoscience that they talk about in regards to these vaccines is wrong. And it's been proven wrong on so many occasions that they are, you know, pretty much neglect. They pretty much are participating in, you know, uh, serious malpractice and neglect. And also, you know, dare I say, you know, uh, hatred of autistic people. And they are doing this. I don't know if it's, there's a financial benefit for it. I don't know if there's a, uh, I don't know if there's a political element to it. But as far as I'm concerned, these anti-vaccine people are right now spreading hatred of autistic people, and it's wrong, and it should stop. There's no justification for it whatsoever. If your biggest fear of getting your child vaccinated is that they might become autistic. You know that they might become, you know, obsessed with a particular thing and might go the, go the distance with it, and or if they, you know, uh, excel in one area and do really well in it, but uh, don't have you know fallbacks in others, which they can easily work around. You know, yes, there's going to be social problems. I, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say, you know, use myself as, um, you know, as a as a template for all, all autistic people. All autistic people, I believe are unique in many ways. But I don't accept that autistic people are damaged in any particular way. I don't accept that autistic people are have, you know, I don't believe the negatives of autistic people outweigh the outweigh the positives. In many most cases the positives outweigh the negatives. With people like myself and uh, with other people who have autism. You know, my girl, you know, um, Patricia has autism and she's been my wonderful co-host and she does the old school lane podcast, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, she's very, very special in what she does. And uh, so for me, you know, my experiences with uh, autistic people, I have to say, um, I've uh, yet to see one person, you know, unless, you know, something that we disagree with politically or it's um, something that, uh, you know, we profoundly disagree on, um, that, uh, you know, it comes to, um, you know, a different, uh, you know, we come to differences over things. You know, I've yet to uh, meet an autistic person who I wouldn't say, you know, I was, you know, very impressed by. And so, as far as I'm concerned, you know, these anti-vaccination people, these anti-vaxxers, um, if you've seen one of their adverts or if you've seen one of those things on social media, let me tell you something, they're lying to you. And it's disgusting. And you need to tell them to stop it. Because there's no, there's no ground for them to stand on to attack autistic people like me and to attack these vaccines and, call, and point their fingers to them and say, that's causing your uh, child to become damaged with autism. There's no justification for it whatsoever as far as I'm concerned. And I hope you all agree with me on that. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, so Stephen Crowder is a ridiculous, a moron, to say the least. Um, I believe he is totally, utterly wrong in everything, nearly everything that he says. Maybe, except for maybe 2 plus 2 is 4, even though I don't know if he even believes that or not. Um, he's so um, wrapped up and, you know, in the uh, in the right-wing extremes of, like, uh, you know, climate change denial, um, sometimes racism, sometimes xenophobia, sometimes, um, uh, sometimes, you know, a lot of the time, uh, homophobic. And uh, also, so funnily enough, another thing to kind of, um, I guess you could say, clash with Pride Month, and that is... Uh, you know, taking on the homophobes and the people who hate gay people for absolutely no reason, whether it's those uh, uh, morons who protest in front of schools because uh, they're worried that their children are going to actually see, uh, you know, actually going to um, know who a, a, you know what a gay person is and what they're all about and uh, how much, you know, gay people actually love each other, kind of the same way that heterosexual couples do. You know, oh, what, what, what a scary thought, you know? Um, teaching about, you know, love and equality in 2019 
And that's far too much for that, uh, you know, I forget what that guy's name is, That pretty much that pound shop uh, Tommy Robinson, quote-unquote. And by the way, um, that guy who I'm referring to, and uh, I do not remember his name, I do apologize about that, but uh, apparently there's an uh, image of him going around uh, on Eid, uh, sat next to Casey Hopkins. Interesting to see what the conversation was in that regard, and whether he even had the balls to call out Casey Hopkins on uh, her uh, comments towards Muslim people. Interesting to see if uh, what Casey Hopkins would have had to say about um, his supporters, saying that uh, women are only there for the pleasure of men. How on earth did that happen, as far as I'm concerned? So I don't know whether that picture is even real or not, to be quite honest with you, but anyway... Um, I could care less about Katie Hopkins, and I could care less about that guy right now, but I'd definitely tell you this. Um, everyone, everyone who's protesting right now in front of those schools, you know, saying that, oh, we're not homophobic. Um, you don't want your kids to know that gay people exist, and you don't want your kids to know that uh, they just love each other as much as heterosexual couples do. I mean, I would say you have a massive prejudice towards that group of people, and so it's kind of hard to not say that you're not being homophobic. And as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, it just goes back to um, some of the things I used to say. I mean, here's the thing, like, I've not touched uh, um, the religion of Islam for uh, for a good couple of years. Just because I just feel like, um, it should, I don't know, I just, I just feel like it's uh, not something that uh, I've been engaged, uh, subjects I've been engaged on for a long time. And as far as I'm concerned... You know, um, the thing is, is that um, I've seen both sides of this religion as far as I'm concerned. I've met um, people who follow the religion of Islam who, as far as I'm concerned, were very, um, very good people. And, uh, you know, were were colleagues of mine who are friends of mine, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, People who um, taught me my IT profession, uh, people who taught me... Um, various other things, and also, but like every other walks of life, there's also those who follow the religion of Islam and think that it's uh, a reason to basically go on a massacre and kill loads of innocent people for no goddamn good reason. So, I've seen both sides of it, but unfortunately now, once again, um, we're seeing, dare I say, probably the ugly side of this again. Um, with, um, these, um, you know, these overly religious people. And don't get me wrong, like, uh, apparently Christians have been engaging in this activity as well, of protesting, uh, or, you know, showing, um, dissent towards the school system. And so this is something that's not exclusive to Islam, but it's uh, something that, um, is, at least in Birmingham anyway, is playing somewhat of a role in what is going on, because um, imams have also, as far as I'm aware, also been engaging in these protests, and, uh, you know, they hide behind the argument of that, oh, well, this is about teaching them our morality and our morals. You know, if you were a responsible parent, you would be saying, okay, I want you to go into these lessons, and I want you to know um, about, you know, what, what life is like in this country, and... Uh, the fact that there's also people who love each other who are not man and woman. They are man and man, man, uh, they are woman and woman. And as far as I'm concerned, we made a lot of progress in this country, you know, and that, you know, marriage equality is something that exists now. Like, I mean, I guarantee you, those kids right now, one of these days, one of those kids is going to be, is going to befriend, befriend a gay person, not become gay themselves, just that they, they find that they have a, a gay friend and they're either going to, um, you know, engage with that person, and they're going to find out that that person either has, that girlfriend is either going to have a girlfriend, or that boyfriend is going to, sorry, that boy is going to have a boyfriend, and, you know, and then one day they may decide to get married, and then they'll have the conundrum of whether they're going to go to the wedding or not, and, you know, unfortunately, if the, if I, I believe that if no one equips them with you know, the the ways of life, they're going to have massive reactions to everything that they see, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, you have to start people off early on these things, you know, if, uh, you know, let's say, for example, like, um, you know, look at Netherlands, for example, look at some of the Scandinavian countries that uh, actually do relationship education, like, you're starting near the age of five and six, and they have that engagement, and, do you know what, you know, the engagement that they've had has only yielded positive results. You know, uh, teen pregnancy rates are down. Um, 
there's more responsible, um, you know, um, there's more responsible responsibility in the bedroom when these things happen. And so, you know, and also people, you know, also some people actually hold off actually having any side of sexual relationship when uh, they become educated on the facts. So, you know, starting off kids early on, you know, learning about themselves and learning about their relationship with others. I mean, this is human activity. We're human beings. This is what we do. And the fact that we don't teach them this stuff and uh, we say, oh, let's just leave it to the parents. Let me tell you something. Not every parent is going to be a responsible adult. Unfortunately, is not responsible for adults. I mean, look at all the people who voted for Brexit and look at all the people who voted for Trump. I mean, like, um, and look at how things are turning out now. Like, I hate to think the fact that uh, these people are, um, you know, are currently bringing up our next generation of kids. And, uh, oh, and good grief, you know, you see um, those you see those people out there, you know. You see young people now um, who, you can tell, have probably not grown up in the, you know, the best of households. They're in, they're falling into the far right, or they're falling into, or they, you know, they're, they're going off to Syria to go fight for a, you know, an Islamist terror group, or they're, you know, they're going off to, you know, jo- you know, join these, uh, these uh, kind of like uh, alt light, you know, alt right uh, groups, and uh, you know, go falling into, a, you know, extremist paths, uh, pretty much. And uh, you know, you, you look at these people, and I get that the you know the media, the media sensationalizes them maybe a little bit, and uh, not everybody falls into this category. And I absolutely agree. There are people out there who have their heads screwed on, who have been brought up right by their parents, and they go out and do great things. But uh, unfortunately, we have, we're unfortunately we also have a, a small group of people who are going to, you know are going to be hellbent on creating mayhem because they've not been brought up right and they don't know any better. And they act out and then they end up in the prison system and then the prison system can't cope with them because our prison system is is uh, grossly in, uh, inaccurate in uh, dealing with our uh, our problems. They're overstuffed at the minute. And uh, I mean, people you look at prison as punishment rather than looking at rehabilitation, which I think is the wrong way to think about prison, but that's another thing. But going back to... Um, you know, before I went off on this massive rant, um, Steven Crowder, going back to him, um, the fact that um, he's had this channel for all this time, and, you know, all that's happened is that uh, Vox, and I forget the name of the guy, decided, you know, he's been a target of, uh, by Steve, he's been targeted by Steven Crowder, and this is something that's been going on for a long time now. It's nothing, this is nothing new, it's something that he's been doing on his show for a good long time. You know, as far as I'm concerned, um, that, that guy on Vox, who's, you know, he, he goes by the uh, hashtag on Twitter as GayWonk, um, he had enough and decided that he was going to call him out on it. And he was going to call YouTube out on it because um, he been, Stephen Crowder has been making homophobic jokes about him on, on his YouTube show, which, as far as I'm aware, violates the YouTube's uh, terms and conditions. Now, here's the thing about this. I don't necessarily agree with YouTube's Terms and conditions on free speech. I believe that people should be allowed to say what they wish, and uh, they should be allowed to. Uh, they should open themselves up for uh, uh, public scrutiny, and should be criticised most rightly. I believe. And uh, but you know, uh, this is YouTube. As far as I'm concerned, this is YouTube's private property. This is their business. This is their website. And um, if they want to put in terms and conditions uh, about what uh, content that they want to put on, then that's totally up to them, as far as I'm concerned. Unless it's going to be, you know, taxpayers run, and it's going to be in the public, uh, it's going to be in the public sphere. Then it should be governed by our laws, and it should be governed by, you know, the people who we elect to uh, uh, into into power. But as far as I'm concerned, um, this is not the case. The YouTube is a private organization, and they can do whatever the hell they wish. And so in regards to the terms and conditions, uh, Stephen Crowder, as far as I'm aware, has been violating these terms and conditions for a good long time, got 4 million subscribers out of the whole, uh, old whole kebang, and now it's uh, finally, you know, YouTube is finally uh, out of public pressure, I believe, because uh, I don't believe they did this, um, they did this because, oh, um, they've only just discovered this issue, I believe that, uh, they may have known about this for a while, and then we're just basically waiting for uh, more public scrutiny over it. And then finally, when they had all the politi- the uh, public and the political ammunition to do it, they went up to Stephen Crowder and demonetized a load of his videos. And I tell you what, here, I would say that Stephen Crowder probably got lucky. 
as far as I'm concerned. I'm really surprised YouTube didn't just, you know, kick him off the, uh, the platform. Uh, Steven Crowder is not funny. He is a disgrace. He is a public embarrassment, as far as I'm concerned. He was uh, a meme at one point for uh, the change my mind thing, and so people all sorts of, put all sorts of ridiculous things and, uh, you know, photoshopped him to hell in that. Uh, he's made up myths about climate change. He's made up myths about xenophobia. He's made up myths about uh, other people's races, as far as I, I think he's on those types of videos. You know, he's uh, basically courting this uh, disgusting group of people and now uh, YouTube has been waiting around on all of this. Finally, made, decided to uh, wait around and say, oh, well, we're making money off it, so, you know, we're not going to do anything about it. But then finally, as there's uh, outrage about it, YouTube panics, and then all of a sudden, Stephen Crowder is no longer making money off those videos. And uh, i got to tell you, I'm very surprised that he's still up there right now, because if uh, they were really following the uh, terms and conditions to the T, he would have been out of there. But he's not, and they've kept him on there. So he can't complain he's being censored because his content is still available. The only thing he can complain about is that he's he's not making money that he's not even entitled to in the first place, as far as I'm concerned. This is a mistake that people make uh, a lot of the time. YouTube does not have, like, negotiated contracts with its YouTubers over, um, you know, the fact that, you know, as far as, uh, Steven, as far as Steven Crowder is concerned in regards to YouTube, they wouldn't care if he, if they booted him off the show and, uh, sorry, they booted him off the channel, uh, off, the, off the website, sorry, and they, they got rid of him entirely because, you know, they're not contractually obliged to give him any money or contractually obliged to provide him with a service. As far as they're concerned, you know, he's already broken their rules. They, yeah, that, they'll, they'll kick him off if they wanted to. So, as far as I'm concerned, Stephen Crowder, I mean, um, he doesn't really get... He, he'd get sympathy off me in regards to if they were limiting his freedom of speech, but as far as I'm concerned, they're not. I mean, they're only just taking his money off, off him. And by the way, as far as I'm aware, Stephen Crowder is, is already funded in other places already. You know, he's already he already uh, gets some money from the blaze, as far as I'm concerned. He, always, he already gets money from other aspects of uh, of his show. I believe he also has advertisers too. So, as far as I'm concerned, in regards to, you know, him losing his YouTube money, I'm not going to cry too much over that as far as I'm concerned because he still makes money uh, elsewhere and uh, I don't think he's really going to mind all that much if he's uh, going to be there. And here's another thing about it as well. Like, he raises, he raises a tweet, a tweet, saying that, oh, I'm not just fighting for myself to get my YouTube money back, I'm fighting for all independent creators. What a load of shit. As far as I'm concerned, he is absolutely full of shit in that regard. Like, uh, the, the, you know, Adpocalypse is not a new thing. Adpocalypse has been going for years. This is probably the third um, installment, I think, of the, ad, of the Adpocalypse, the Vox Adpocalypse series. This is the new third sequel to this. So, not only is Steven Crowder... Gonna lose his money. A lot of other people are gonna move their money too. Um, I mean, there's been various other independent, isolated incidents of people using their losing their um, YouTube revenue, and so some people unjustly. I will agree with them on that. So, but unfortunately, whether they like it or not, they don't have, you know, I they don't have like uh, you know talent contracts with YouTube. YouTube can, you know, this is the thing about YouTube. I would never, as far as I'm concerned, ever stick my uh, my pension money in YouTube. I wouldn't bet my, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bounce my pension on it, as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, YouTube is basically, uh, as far as I'm aware, probably more unstable than maybe a zero hours contract, and maybe more unstable than the gig economy. It all relies on YouTube, you know, whether they like you or not, and whether they're going to keep you around or not. And if they decide that you are no long, you are more of a risk to them than you are a positive to them, regardless of if you're making money, making YouTube money. You know, YouTube right now has other major corporations that get, you know make their money off their con, give YouTube money off their content, and also make uh, the other companies got, um, you know money as well through through that content. I won't be too surprised if somewhere down the line YouTube ceases to be as user-friendly as it is now. You know, people say, oh, it's not user-friendly now because, uh, you know, of all this uh, that's going on and also all the copyright situation that's currently going on. And I guess in some terms uh, that I agree. But let me tell you something. This can be far worse. YouTube could, um, you know, they, they could make it where nobody uh, at all, or at least, you know, nobody without uh, YouTube's approval can upload any content. 
and the only people who get to upload content are basically their big channels and you know the corporations that uh, pay them their you know pay, pay them the money to keep the website open and also pay you know money money to Google and maybe even Google's own content in regards to that. So as far as they're concerned, you know they could probably get rid of like all the you know they don't really care about the you know, the the Fortnite streamer who has like two twenty subscribers and only like uh, you know does videos for his friends. They could really give less of a shit to those people. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, that you know that's the way I felt. I felt like YouTube when I was doing my stuff on YouTube. I felt like YouTube didn't really care about me at all. And uh, so. Um, you know, they were happy to see my videos get taken down unjustly, and they were happy to see, um, you know, uh, my channel not grow, and, uh, you know, they were never, you know, my, 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 my videos rarely get recommended. The most popular video, I guess, on YouTube right now was when I did a segment on whether Keenan and Kel hated each other. Meanwhile, my, my, my syndicated show... Uh, going, was, uh, light, lighting up all five corners of, all, all four, five continents... And all corners of the globe. And so, you know, the... the, the I'm going to say this, and uh, I think probably everyone's going to agree with me. I think YouTube, on the RMS show on YouTube was a, you know, a, 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 probably my first massive failure, I guess, when it came to, uh, you know, my, my talk radio career and uh, my talk radio... Um, you know, my talk radio shtick that I've been doing since, uh, you know, 2000 and, 2008... The, the fact that, um, you know, um, YouTube, the, the, you know, the YouTube channel was supposed to be, YouTube was supposed to be like this big thing, and yet I put my show on there, and it did, you know, for two years, it did not outgrow my syndicated show. You know, I, was, I get thousands of listeners uh, every month, and on YouTube, I was lucky to probably get like maybe a hundred, maybe a couple of hundred, maybe. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I left YouTube and uh, YouTube was becoming... And I didn't even support YouTube's uh, um, decisions on the first Adpocalypse, let alone uh, this one now. And while I'm not going to shed any tears for Steven Crowder, I'm definitely going to uh, feel very sorry for all the people who have had their YouTube channels demonetized or had their YouTube channels taken down unjustly. Apparently, there's been, like, a history um, channels that have been taken down because they have videos of Adolf Hitler speeches. They're not there for uh, promoting Nazism. They're there for historical purposes. To warn people that this is what could potentially happen, and uh, we should be careful that it does not happen again. Those types of U- those types of YouTube videos, YouTube does not want, apparently. they So they've started taking down those channels. Whether that was meant to or not, whether it was just the algorithms that uh, ate at them, I have no idea. Or whether there's actually someone at the, or the other side of the curtain, whether the uh, uh, they were taken down by uh, the people there working at YouTube in uh, in the office, I have no idea. But um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, um, this is the thing though, like, you know, I don't agree with what YouTube does, but at the same time, I can't really argue against them for, for doing it. I mean, it's, uh, it's anti-free speech, I totally, I'm full for freedom of speech, but YouTube is not a public space, it is a private enterprise, and it is, is a, you know, the people say, oh, it's a publicly traded company, it's still private, as far as I'm concerned. So they, I mean, as far as they're concerned too, because uh, they have the, you know, there's no, there's been no, as far as I'm aware, there's been no... A uh, court case that has gone to like you know either the Supreme Court or there's been no court case in regards to uh, YouTube being sued by their own people, because I mean their terms and conditions are stated very clear, and they can act on them at any particular point. I guess one thing that I guess they could probably uh, get them on is that uh, they don't put the rules across the board. There's other people who put in rancid content, but because they're so popular that uh, they you know YouTube doesn't want to lose them, and so they can put all this uh, you know crazy content that they want out that, that violate their terms and conditions, but they don't really care because they're making the money. I guess you could say that's what's been happening in Stephen Crowder's case, and I guess you can say what's been happening in various other people's cases, but, uh, I mean, that's not been tested in court yet. And whether it's going to get tested in court against YouTube or whether someone's actually going to be um, or whether a bunch of creators are going to be brave enough to uh, to do it, or whether there's actually going to be a legal uh, framework for them to stand on, I very highly doubt that there would be. But um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you know, YouTube is going to do this, and there's not a damn thing we can do about it. The only thing we can really do is leave and support other platforms. You know, the Aaron Metis show has not been on uh, YouTube, as far as I'm aware. You know, as far as I'm aware. Uh, since uh, whether people are posting clips up on there, I have no idea. I mean, so uh, if uh, there are clips of me up there from other people, I, you know, please let me know because I'd rather people didn't do that and they went and uh, 
uh, supported other platforms, as far as I'm concerned, and to support, you know, support Liberated Syndication, and support all these other, uh, you know, support podcasting, you know, as far, you know, yes, it's not as entertaining, it's not as, you can't watch it, but you can still listen to it, and you can still, you know, it's uh, far more um, accessible than a YouTube video is, and, uh, so, once all they beam it into your eyes, and I'm assuming, assuming that's uh, going to be the next big thing, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, but um, as far as I'm concerned, the only way YouTube is going to learn that they can't do this anymore is that if they're, you know, billion, maybe millions or billions of people decided, you know what, we're not going to upload anything to YouTube or we're not going to do business with YouTube anymore. We are out. And we're going to go off and do something else, or we're going to go and support another platform, or we're going to, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the Arrow Meta show now is back in audio format, and, uh, you know, we're not, no longer doing videos anymore, I mean, yeah, we're doing Twitch stuff, but, uh, you know, from time to time, whether we're going to go back to that or not, I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, if um, people want uh, to make YouTube listen to them, unfortunately, the only way is to give them the silent treatment, and that is just to walk away, you know, and uh, I sometimes wonder if there's even, even these, uh, you know, these YouTube suck videos, or like these videos that, uh, you know, make people, you know, are complaints to YouTube, whether, unless they're like massive YouTubers, I don't know if they're even, um, I don't even know if they get even gain any traction, or whether YouTube even listens to them, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, unless you're a massive, massive YouTuber, and you have, you know, like a, a billion followers, or a billion subscribers, or like, you know, a couple of million uh, to the point where, you know, if you're going to put up a video up there, it's going to have a huge impact and YouTube has no choice but to pay attention to you unless that person exists out there and says these things. Uh, YouTube ain't going to do a damn thing about it. And they'll more than happily, um, you know, look at the negative news that they get and realize, oh, crap. I mean, we better get rid of those uh, YouTube channels that have only a couple of thousand subscribers on them. Oh, we can, we can lose them. You know, because... I tell you what, I, 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 you know, when I was on YouTube and people just thought I was just a YouTuber, I was just another YouTuber, you know, I just felt like that was a relegation from what I used to be. And uh, so I'm kind of trying, I, I'm in the midst right now of trying to, amongst those people who have now moved over to YouTube and are now listening to me on the podcast, and I do appreciate that, appreciate that very much if you've done that. I want to basically rescue myself from that and uh, be back to be talk radio, to be Aaron Meta, talk radio show host and podcaster. Because those those uh, labels right now, I think, hold far more strength than YouTuber. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you're just a YouTuber, and if you're just on, you know, if you you're just, and I get that my you know, my that's uh, Patricia is on YouTube, and uh, you know, I do. Um, and you know, hey, she's even a, well, I guess I could say she's a real podcaster now because she's on my show, and uh, she's. Uh, um, she's, you know, she does all this wonderful work already, and, uh, but, uh, and so, you know, regardless of concern, you know, my Patricia is, uh, and also Morgan, and, uh, everyone else who, uh, who I appreciate on YouTube, they're the exception rather than the rule, but let me tell you this, if you're in the firing line of YouTube, uh, intentionally, and you're just a, you know, you've got only a good couple of thousand subscribers backing you, and, uh, even maybe a hundred thousand, maybe, you know, like, uh, you, you're in trouble. As far as I'm concerned, your you, you know your YouTuber status does not hold as much water as you'd like to think it is. And if you think it does, then I would just take take one good look at Stephen Crowder with his four million subscribers and uh, figure out what and uh, look at how much money he's actually making now out of uh, out of YouTube. And the answer of that is zero dollars. Moving away from uh, negative news. Um, there is some stuff I want to talk about in regards to, uh, you know, pride and some stuff I just want to cover about. And I'll tell you what, this is actually a pretty obvious um, uh, bit of news that uh, came out. And uh, uh, Stephen Lowett, who is uh, one of the um, storyboard artists on the Hey Arnold uh, cartoon show, a Nickelodeon show back in, uh, back in the 90s, and... Uh, for those of you who do not know and who have not never listened to one of my Craig Ballard interviews. And by the way, I do urge you all to check out the Craig Ballard interviews. And uh, I tell you what, we're, just because um, the Jungle movie is over doesn't mean that we're going to stop doing Hey Arnold stuff. Uh, you know, uh, when the anniversary comes around, I'm going to be inviting Craig Ballard. And uh, you're going to be able to answer him, ask him any questions that you want. So uh, that's thing. That's something I'm still going to keep going on annually until Craig Ballard says we're, we're done. So, as far as I'm concerned, we're going to still be doing it. But in regards to uh, this Hey Arnold news, um, 
you know, Steve says that uh, Mr. Simmons, um, a very revolutionary char- cartoon character, I have to say, uh, he says that everyone knew that Mr. Simmons was gay at that time, but they weren't allowed to be open about it. Which, I guess, I mean, here's the thing about this. You have to understand that the 90s back then was not... I would say is not was not as tolerant as is definitely not as tolerant as uh, it was back in 2019. I mean, like you know, there was very rancid you know um, humor in regards to uh, you know characters, and uh, everyone remembers um, you know that episode of Dial in for Monkey with the uh, the overly gay um, Silver Spooner character. And, uh, you know, there was various other characters that were in there. You know, there was the, the now the band episode of Cow and Chicken, you know, Buffalo Gals, which uh, was a crude um, uh, representation of lesbianism. And, you know, there's been other... Uh, there's been other cartoons that were out there that also have shown um, homophobia and so was a, homosexuals and um, transgender people in not the best of lights. And so... Yeah, some people say, oh, it's just wearing a costume, like, you know, I'm not talking, I, by the way, I'm not talking about people like Mrs. Doubtfire, I'm not talking about shows like that, I'm not talking about movies like that, I'm talking about, you know, those who were, you know, really did not understand the sensitivities back then, and, uh, which, uh, you know, I gotta be honest, like, um, you know, someone who is not a big fan of political correctness, I mean, it was, um, it, but here's the thing, I, I say that the fact that now we've come into um a cartoon atmosphere which you know where cartoons like adventure time uh, sorry cartoons like uh, i do buy steven universe i have to say probably is a stronger candidate for that and the you know, legend of cora and uh, you know other shows that show um you know g- um gay and lesbian couples and even trans people in a positive light and shows these concepts uh, but doesn't rub it in our faces but says that you know hey this is uh, these this this is what life is and even you know definitely even prepares um you know kids for life i would say in regards to showing you know the positive aspects of uh, other people's you know um you know sexuality and um also um though the you know that that that's i you know the 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 uh, spectrum of um of of um you know love in life and so I think um, you know, even though Mr. Simmons was never referred to as you know a gay character, he was uh, still he was still revolutionary in you know being being a stepping stone to at least getting to that point where um, gay characters were accepted. And so I still think even though he was not um, referred to as uh, a gay character, I still believe, you know, even to, even to this, even, even Craig Barlow admits this to this today, that he is, and we all know that now. And so the next time you see an episode of Hey Arnold, even though he's never referred to as a gay character, we definitely know now that he is uh, a, um, a positive representative of that, uh, of, uh, that community. And I tell you what, um, you know, uh, even though I'm a long time ago, I may have not sussed it out myself. Even if whether he was gay or not, I still would have loved to have him as my teacher because, uh, you know, he um, I believed that if I was in his class, I believe he would have thought I was special. And, uh, you know, what what other teacher would you not what would what other teacher would you have that didn't look at you and uh, wanted to, uh, you know, mold you into an adult? And, uh, you know, really want to, uh, you know, nurture you into, you know, a, a bit, a, you know, a bigger, uh, onto the big stage in life. And I think, uh, Mr. Simmons is, uh, I'm really glad that, uh, I mean, I don't know, like, if they did announce him that he was a gay character and everyone, uh, you know, said, oh, hey, he's the first gay character to appear on a Nickelodeon show... I don't know if, uh, I mean, I would be a bit, maybe a bit disappointed if that's all he was known for, and maybe that might have skewed his character a little bit in further um, episodes, in further seasons. I'm not too sure. I think the fact that they kept this on the lowdown of like, hey, this is not the big thing about Mr. Simmons. The big thing about Mr. Simmons is that he's a really nice teacher and that he's really, um, he's really inspirational. 
and he you know sees positivity in everybody even when he's at his even when he's at slightly his low point i would say you know the fact that we had a character like that and he was so um he was so fun to be around you know and so so inspiring as well the fact that we had someone like that and the fact that arnold could work around him as well, and you know, and not to say that Mr. Simmons didn't have flaws, and we know Mr. Simmons had flaws because he was, uh, you know, Arnold was help would help him out. In uh, we all we all know uh, what happened when uh, Mr. Simmons became principal of the school after the principal Watts was uh, told to walk. Uh, we know what we know what happened in that, but uh, you know, so as far as I'm concerned, I'm really happy to know that uh, you know, you know, obviously, obviously, I had some liking for Miss Slovak back in season one, but uh, you know, the fact that. We got uh, Mr. Simmons eventually as the new teacher, and he went on to be our favorite uh, fourth grade teacher throughout that entire season, up to up towards uh, you know uh, from season two to the Jungle movie. You know, I I would not ask for another teacher in Hey Arnold, and uh, I'm really glad that uh, you know he's still beloved to this day, uh, not just by gay people but by straight people too. So. Okay, so uh, moving from that, uh, something I'm very passionate about to now something uh, which I believe is um, not all that great. Um, Justin Bieber has, for some random reason, and I don't know where this has come from, and I don't know what the background to all of this is, but Justin Bieber has challenged um, Tom Cruise of Mission Impossible fame and the mum, that awful mummy movie, and uh, I believe he's also. Here's the thing about this: I don't know. Is Tom Cruise still in Scientology anymore? I do not know. I, I, I last time I heard, I thought he had left for his daughter, but that's just me. But as far as I'm concerned, Tom Cruise, um, where he is, the we definitely know that he is of Mission Impossible fame, but we do not know where he is religiously right now. Um, he, Justin Bieber, has challenged him to a fight in UFC and tagged in Dana White. And I'm sitting here like, what, what, what money? How on earth? I mean, first of all, why would Justin Bieber want to fight Tom Cruise? And what beef have they has he got with Tom Cruise? I mean, is this something personal? Is this something that's happened? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's just come way out of the blue for me. I mean, forgive me if I've not been one who's been following things with Justin Bieber, because as far as I'm concerned, I was never, ever in a million years going to become a believer, and not in a million years was I ever going to follow this guy and care about what he's doing, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, um, and in regards to Tom Cruise, I mean, uh, everyone knows what happened with the Church of Scientology a couple of years ago with the Arrow Matter show, and... Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I have no... I'm not a big fan of Tom Cruise and uh, do not uh, have any intentions to uh, start following his career again. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I do not know uh, what he's up to at the minute. I don't know what Justin Bieber's up to in the minute. This is two... These are two people who I could not really care about at all. So why, why on earth are we talking about him? So... You know, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of UFC, and I'm a big fan of uh, WWE and in-ring sports and everything like that. So I guess it kind of ties into this. And so, I mean, in regards to uh, Justin Bieber, just Tom Cruise fight. I mean, I guess if Dan White sees some money in it, I don't believe there is any money in it, as far as I'm concerned. I think it would just be a gimmick uh, wedged in between other fights that were going on that night. But uh, I mean, I guess if they're gonna do this, I guess it's gonna be purely just for money. I don't know if it's because Justin Bieber is, uh, you know, very short on cash right now. I don't know if, uh, I don't even know if Tom Cruise even needs to do it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm sure he's, uh, can make another movie and uh, make probably maybe a hundred times more than whatever uh, Justin Bieber, Tom Cruise, you know, him fighting Justin Bieber is ever going to bring on UFC. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't know. Is this, uh, is this something that Vince McMahon might, might pay attention to and decide this is going to be another crappy match he's going to put on on next year's Saudi Arabia's show? Maybe Justin Bieber versus Tom Cruise in a uh, in a pillow fight, or uh, I don't know, Justin Bieber versus Tom Cruise in a you know uh, a, a uh, I don't know uh, something on a pole match. I don't know. Just uh, there's zero interest for me to watch these two people fight. Why are we talking about this? And I just because I just do not care about it as far as I'm concerned. So um, yeah. 
that's my thoughts on that. And so whether this is going to go to USC, WWE, or whether it's going to go into something else, I have no idea. But as far as I'm concerned, I really don't want to hear about this again. And if I do, then uh, I'm really not going to... I really hope it's going to be in a place where I'm not going to be watching, as far as I'm concerned. Stephen Hillenberg, um, we did a tribute show for him, and uh, one of his... Um, if you remember one of his dying wishes, is that he did not want um, any further uh, SpongeBob SquarePants um, uh, you know, spin-offs or anything based on it. He just wanted the original show to continue, and he didn't want anything further from that. Nickelodeon have decided that a SpongeBob SquarePants prequel series is going to be greenlit by Nickelodeon, and uh, the cartoon series focusing on the sponge that lives in the pineapple under the sea, starting back in 1999 with Tom Kenny as the voice of the uh, character. Um, so we're going to get a prequel series. So I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, you know, um, this is something that's been reported by Deadline. By the way, I take de- Deadline with a ca- with a gallon of salt. So I have no idea if this is going to be true, or I have no idea if this is going to be something that's just been talked about in a boardroom and is never mentioned again. But as far my understanding from SpongeBob SquarePants fans is that they are not happy of uh, seeing this, and as far as they're concerned, I mean, they did not want any other spin-offs or any other uh, ideas coming from SpongeBob SquarePants. They just want the SpongeBob SquarePants show, and they will tolerate that. But. Uh, Apparently, uh, Nickelodeon have other ideas, and so we're going to get this prequel. So, I mean, you know, Nickelodeon, as far as I'm concerned, has been relying on SpongeBob SquarePants for far too long. Let me let me just remind you, this is... They have been... He's been going now for probably, what, 20? Maybe 30... What is it, 20 years now? SpongeBob SquarePants has been on television? And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Nickelodeon is, is always, at this point, has always been Spongebob and Friends. I mean, they are lucky. They are lucky to have The Loud House, as far as I'm concerned. The Loud House could have appeared on Disney. The Loud House could have appeared on Cartoon Network, as far as I'm aware. I mean, like, I'm sure other TV stations would have happily picked this thing up and given uh, Nickelodeon more to cry about in regards to the fact that, you know, the uh, the yellow sponge is uh, the thing that's anchoring the, uh, stopping the sink for, so stopping the ship from sinking. And so, so you know, the, I, mean, I was hoping that, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants was going to pass the torch to Lincoln Loud, and then the Loud House would become the big show for Nickelodeon to heavily promote. But no, um, they are insisting on keeping SpongeBob SquarePants going on Nickelodeon and will just will not stop with it. And as far as I'm concerned, it is going to be, you know, here's the thing, like, you know, we, we saw what happened with uh, Chris Savino, uh, you know, in those, uh, with those allegations. And, you know, if something like that had happened to either, you know, the creator of the, the SpongeBob SquarePants show or something happened to Tom Kenny, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, I want that, you know, God forbid that ever happens. I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, they, um, uh, no negative news comes out of that, but you know, if there's something that like happens, you know, SpongeBob, you know, if something that happened that where SpongeBob SquarePants would be done as a show, you know, the, this is this is something that's gonna, you know, the Nickelodeon wouldn't have not have another big show to, um, you know, heavily promote or uh, you know, not have a, a big mascot. You know, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants at Nickelodeon has basically become their Mickey. And uh, the problem is, is that Mickey Mouse is uh, not the forefront, which we'll be talking about uh, talking about in our last segment of the show. And so, you know, Disney has got other characters that they can rely on if they don't rely on their other char- other intellectual properties. Nickelodeon, once again, is just relying on SpongeBob SquarePants to carry the water. And you know, yeah, to the point where it's like you know, no other new shows can get a look in. And they're having to uh, pull things like, you know, bringing the Rugrats back. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Hey Arnold, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, we didn't get the Jungle movie, and that was the reason why I wanted Hey Arnold, hey Arnold to come back, because I wanted the uh, the stories to kind of finish off, and uh, I really hope there was going to be a, a sixth season, because, you know, that could potentially go on to the Patakis, and uh, also they could have that show, and give Helga her own show, because uh, I believe Helga is strong enough to be a main character, Helga Pataki, I believe, is strong enough to be a main character of a show. But, no, here we go again, you know, who lives in a pineapple under the sea, I really wish he'd move out, as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, he's, the fact that there has been no opportunity for any other show to get over on Nickelodeon, and it's just constantly Spongebob Squarepants being shoved down our throats pretty much on a regular basis, 
You know, I, uh, I'm really surprised that the Loud House is still getting the, um, the good attention that uh, it is getting. And not to say that, you know, there's other Nickelodeon properties that they couldn't, uh, you know, they couldn't reach into. But as far as I'm concerned, um, SpongeBob's Webhands, once again, you know, Nickelodeon over-reliant on, on, on him. And uh, whether they're actually going to ever pull away from him, or whether there's ever going to be an era of, Spo- of Nickelodeon where SpongeBob SquarePants is in the uh, in the rearview mirror, and he's on Nick Rewind, Nick Rewind, you know, I don't know. So uh, I'm not, as you can probably tell, I am not looking forward whatsoever to this prequel. And uh, they're going to have to do something pretty, pretty damn good. I mean, it's like uh, if this ends up being like you know Angelica and uh, Susie's school days. Oh, good grief, are we in for it? Are we in for shit? My goodness. Um, Frozen 2, um, our last bit of the show is second trailer gets released tomorrow. And so as you can probably imagine, I've not got really much to uh, comment on. It's just, it's, uh, it's a poster, basically, that we've got. And uh, featuring Anna and Elsa in, uh, you know, new dresses. And uh, so, I mean, we saw the first trailer and my goodness, this really, I mean, this was half, you know, you would think that this was a, an opening to some kind of, you know, you know, uh, maybe even a Marvel movie, and then, you know, just, but also just going through some very, very serious territory. I mean, you know, the very end of it, uh, Princess Anna whips out a sword and slices at the camera. I mean, again, like, you know, trailers can sometimes be deceiving, and uh, so I would be, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to maybe lighten up in this trailer, maybe, and show us all the, maybe some of the songs, or maybe some of the, um, uh, some of the lighter stuff we're going to see in the movie, in Frozen 2. That might be a direction that they go in with this second trailer, I'm not too sure. But, I mean, unless they decide to go, uh, unless we're going to see this second trailer and it gets really hardcore with, uh, I don't know, I'm not suggesting that one of the characters is either going to die or, if, like, I'm not going to suggest that, uh, um, one of the characters is going to get seriously hurt, mate. Maybe, maybe that's what we will get. Maybe we'll get, like, a, you know, a dark and a light side to this trailer and, uh, maybe we're go- we are going to see more. I'm not sure, but, uh, we all I can say is that, uh, we're going to see... Um, a bit more of a broader uh, context to the story, maybe, and uh, not to say that we didn't get, you know, it's like we we definitely are introduced to the um, where what, where the setting is going to be, whether that's going to be the only setting or not. I'm not too sure, but I think maybe this trailer I think needs to show a little bit more skin and give us more of an idea of what story we're going to get, because I think the, uh, the the first trailer I think was a bit guilty of just being you know just pretty visuals. I think. So, uh, yeah, give us a story, Disney, and uh, let us know what what we're in for, I think, for this uh, second uh, Frozen event. So. We have reached the, nearly reached the top of the hour, so um, for uh, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to this podcast and listening to the RMS show. Um, if I tell you what, I was going to say at the very end of the show, I was going to re- read about all... Our, um, our uh, syndicated uh, uh, podcasts and uh, so podcasters. So uh, we're going to uh, tell you right now. So uh, if you uh, if you want to listen to this show uh, anywhere else, here's where you can listen to it. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Castbox, on Overcast, on Radio Public, on Stitcher, on Pocket Casts, on iHeartRadio, on Player FM, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, and TuneIn. I believe we're supposed to be on Radio.com, but I'm not entirely sure as of yet. So uh, we're still waiting out on that but uh, yeah if you uh, can't find us on there then you can find us on all those ones i just mentioned just before um just let you guys know that uh, the fabulous heel nodes with nick and scott are still posting up episodes by the way i've uh, you know they've been gunning themselves up on their own on their own feed at the minute and i really want them to get uh, views on there rather than getting views on here on this uh, podcast feed because uh, i feel like they deserve them far more on there than they do on than they do on here so because i don't want to particularly want to steal their Steal their listeners off them. So, if you, uh, what I want you to do is, if uh, we will be sharing out the episodes of their show on the uh, Facebook page and on the Twitter page, but uh, you really need to go to find the fabulous Hill Nerds, and uh, you, I believe you can Google them now. But uh, if you uh, cannot Google them, I will tell you uh, where about else you can find them. You can find them on Twitter, uh, which uh, they're on the hashtag uh, Fab Heel Nerd. So that's F A B H W E L. 
N-E-R-D-S. So, and currently right now, they are going hindsight 2020. On the ECW One Night Stand uh, pay-per-views, and also they had a bit of comments to say about the uh, uh, Super Showdown Saudi Arabia show, which, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I didn't care for. So, you probably want to listen to them for their opinions on that, and uh, you won't be hearing because you won't be hearing it from me for obvious reasons that I've already told on Twitter. So, also uh, you, Morgan Terry on YouTube has uh, got a new uh, live stream up recorded. So. If you want to check out her channel, you can find her on Morgan Terry. Uh, just search for her on there, and you'll be able to find that too. And also, the old school Lane uh, has the newest episode of Dream Machine, and also they have she has uh, some more content in regards to all that. So, if you want to find her on there, it's uh, Twitter is Patty uh, underscore uh, B underscore Miranda on Twitter. And if you want to find her on YouTube, just go search for the Old School Lane podcast and uh, search for Patricia on there. So, uh, yeah, plenty of ways to find her. That is the top of the hour. Thank you very much for listening to the Arrow Meta Show. We will be back next week. Hopefully, we'll be back at the regular time. So, thank you very much for checking out the show. This has been the Arrow Meta Show. Take care. God bless. And bye-bye for now.